0: Yes, I saw that on the panel, and I was kind of like, okay. And also the ship that Obi-Wan's kind of commanding looks kind of odd, and he just kind of jumps up to him. But anyways, that being said, we are five minutes into the podcast and only on the first panel, so
1: let's keep moving. Qui-Gon learns he drives better when he's force drunk, That violence is the root of all evil and the true meaning of Arbor Day. Meanwhile, Mace Windu joins the Geek Force Squad. Today, we discuss balance and the weapon on this edition of the 11 Parsecs Podcast.
0: Podcast number two of the 11 Parsecs Podcast. I'm your host, Eric. I'm here with my co-host, John. Hello. And we are bringing you our first comic book review today. So for those that aren't familiar with the podcast, please go back and listen to Podcast Zero, or what we call kind of the prequel. Basically, that's going to explain to you that we are attempting to read every single bit of Star Wars new canon, and also have an accompanying podcast in which we kind of document it. We started off on the first podcast reviewing Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice, which was a wonderful book. Uh, It's a great podcast. Go back and listen to that. Uh, The book is definitely worth reading. Uh, Really kind of was a great starter, in my opinion, for this whole kind of uh, project. But today, today I'm very excited because as a comic book reader for my entire life, I get to introduce my co-host John to comic books. Somebody who has never read comic books, right? I mean, you never read anything.
1: Well, okay, no, I've never read any Star Wars comics. I read comic books like any red blooded American child. Okay, well, what did you read? Thirty anything? years ago, oh, I don't know, um, Spider Man, you know, okay, that kind like of a, like
0: Amazing Spider Man, so yeah, GI so Mar- Joe,
1: okay, yeah.
0: Marvel stuff. Star- okay, okay, I take that back. I thought you had never read any comic book.
1: No, but I was never serious about it. It was you know, buy one, read it, and throw it away.
0: Okay, okay, so it wasn't like collecting or anything like that. So, no. so I've I've been I've been comic collecting for pretty much my entire life at at, at some point or another, and um. And I, I, I was really excited because I really thought this was your first comic books. I thought you had just never read comic books. But today we are reviewing uh, two different, well, I shouldn't say one comic book and one story. And the reason I'm saying one comic book and one story is um, if we're going back down our list, uh, and again, if you're unfamiliar with the list, the list is our uh, chronological order in which we are reading and consuming all new canon stories. That includes comic books, books, movies, TV shows, Uh, Audio dramas, all different things. Master and Apprentice was the first thing on our list at 40 BBY. Today, I think we've jumped ahead seven years and we're at 33 BBY. And there's two things that happened at 33 BBY. Both of them happen to be comic books. One of them is the Qui-Gon Jinn Age of Republic. um, The the Age of Republic comic book specifically for Qui-Gon Jinn, which is really good because that ties into our last uh, podcast with Master and Apprentice and Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan. And then also there is another... And this is kind of tough to describe, but uh, if you're not a comic book reader, a lot of times at the end of the year, or I shouldn't even say the end of the year because it's not necessarily December, but at the end of a comic run after, you know, a couple of different issues, they'll either have a special or an annual. And that's usually just a small collection of stories that are like, I don't know, eight to ten pages long that are just kind of little excerpts of things that either maybe were hinted at in the comic book over the last run or, um, you know, just different things. So there is a story called The Weapon that is in the Age of Republic special that we're also going to kind of talk about tonight. That is, um, it's, it, it's kind of neat because it's actually our first kind of foray into Mace Windu, which is really cool because I, I love Mace as a character. But um, let, let's start off with reviewing or talking about uh, Qui-Gon Jinn's The Balance. One thing I do want to note, and I, I should have noted it earlier on the podcast, if you're unfamiliar with the podcast, maybe this is the first podcast episode that you're listening to, make sure you understand that we are uh not in any way shape or form spoiler free we discuss every single bit about everything that we consume so that includes movies that includes um endings to books that includes endings to comics that includes big deaths all sorts of stuff if you don't want to know any of that stuff please don't listen to this episode of the podcast for these two um pieces of media because we are going to totally talk about it and totally break them down um john are you good starting off with uh the balance i think that's probably a pretty good way to start it off just because we got down, just got done with master and apprentice
1: yeah, no, it's great.
0: So uh, first off, I want to just to to clarify, both of us are reading this comic off of Comixology, which is Amazon's uh, digital comic uh, kind of thing. I I as a comic book collector, I actually have the Qui Gon Comic book, but I didn't want to open it. This is gonna sound so elitist. I didn't want to open it because I didn't want to ruin the comic itself to read it. Yeah, so I, there you go. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, it does. I know, I get it. I get it. So, um, I've kept it bagged and I actually read the digital version because I've got the Comicsology membership thing, which is loud, which is really awesome because it allows you to read, uh, you know, tons of different comics. And this one happened to be on the list, but that being said, uh, it's different reading a comic book on the iPad versus uh, having you know the actual paper in your hand and stuff like that. So I I hate that I wasn't able to patch that comic, but I don't I don't trust I don't trust, uh, trust uh, grease on my comic book, so I, I kept it to myself.
1: I actually did consider uh, ordering the the print edition uh, oh, to really? have that well to have the the authentic. Uh, comic book, are we We still calling them comic books, right? These are not graphic novels. No, 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 not graphic right. novel. These are comics. To so have the authentic comic book experience, um, but uh, this was really fun reading it digitally. I, It's it's in glorious color. I mean, it's so brilliant. It, is. Uh, it, yeah. was, it was a real treat.
0: Yeah, and, and, to, and to totally agree with you on that front, the colors are extremely vivid, the art is extremely vivid, and don't get me wrong, you get that on paper product, but... To to see it in digital format is kind of neat, and it is a new way for me to read comics. Um, so a, as I just mentioned, I, I didn't want to get, I didn't want to read this one myself or take it out of my, my bag and board. But uh, I didn't want to take it out of my bag and board because I was afraid I'd get something on it. And that thing that I would probably get on it is beer, because um, as anybody that's listened to the first couple of episodes knows, we drink beer while we consume Star Wars. So John, <laughs> I know, I know for a fact right now you're drinking something tasty. What are you drinking?
1: I am drinking Reformation Brewery's Jude. That's their Belgian triple.
0: Oh, that sounds good. I don't think I've had that.
1: It, it is very good. It's still not quite up to the Golden Monkey uh, yeah. gold standard, if you will, because that's my favorite. But what but, is? <laughs> Golden Monkey. But no, uh, it is a Belgian triple, and I love those, so there we go.
0: So wait, uh, where's Reformation? Is it?
1: I think it's nearby. Marietta
0: is it, or something? Is it? Yeah, Marietta. I couldn't remember if it was Marietta or Smyrna or where it's actually at. Um, but yeah, I knew it's around the uh, north metro Atlanta area. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bum you out because, uh, like I said, I'm still on my kind of keto thing going on. So I have discovered uh, Scofflaw, who is another uh, Metro Atlanta brewer, uh, their hard sensors are actually pretty darn good. And it's funny because, like, I know both of us, we're big fans of Basement. Big fans of Basement. Huge, but, yeah. But uh, I've never enjoyed Basement Pog, which is their pineapple orange grapefruit, I think. that is That's
1: probably my favorite of the two.
0: Yeah, so I, I do not like Pog. I, I've never been a fan of Pog, but mm. I will say that they use the same flavors in their Setzer, and it's really, really good.
1: I didn't know they uh, like, made Seltzer.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and they're big 16-ounce uh, cans, too, which makes it even better because I can drink one and not feel guilty. Um, but, yeah, it, it's not many carbs either, so it's really good. It's a Setzer. Um, pretty, I'm actually going to pop the top now, uh, as we normally do. On the, uh, I'm sure you probably heard that through the mic. But uh, yeah, not bad. 130 calories for a 16 ounce seltzer at 5 alcohol. It's pretty good. Pretty
1: pretty. Okay, next powder. time I'll wait. I didn't know we were doing an official uh, top popping. So na- on the next episode, we will have uh, synchronized pop tops. Top Ooh, pops. That's
0: pretty good. Yeah, we can yeah. like uh, sync the audio to that too. We can just kind of like pop. Them That's thing. how
1: we know the podcast has begun.
0: Exactly. Uh, okay, so let's uh, let's get down to the Qui Gon Jinn uh, balance. And um, so so coming off our discussion uh, last week about Qui Gon Jinn and uh, his kind of I hate using the term rebel ways as a Jedi, um, but more along the lines of uh, uh, not always in lockstep with the Jedi Council. What did you think of this comic uh, overall? And, and, and I, like I said, last time whenever we reviewed the book, I wanted to do more of a uh, review of, um, how do I say it? I wanted to do a whole review uh, and give a, a number. But I really want to say that, I think, for the movies and the books versus the comics, because comics are... A shorter story uh, much more impactful because they've got to you know do a lot of things on one page and you know three or four panels um so what did you think over all of the story and do you think it tied into Master and Apprentice at all do you think it kind of extended Qui-Gon Jinn in your mind like what, what, what were you thinking
1: uh it definitely tied in with Master and Apprentice uh it definitely helped um round out the character I was very grateful for that it is a very impressive uh product uh it is just the artwork is is fantastic um so, if you want to get uh, more detailed, I can jump right in on that.
0: Yeah, let me give let me give a quick overview of the actual comic, too. I, I should have done this at the beginning of it. Uh, the comic is called, uh, it's Age of the Republic series. There's Age of the Republic. Uh, there's a bunch of different uh, series that they kind of came out with toward the beginning of, or I should say, the end of 2018 and the beginning of 2019. This is part of the Age of Republic series, and uh, the... Qui-Gon Jinn, the one, the balance story that we're talking about is actually the Qui-Gon Jinn comic for that time. So there was one specific comment for, I mean, comic for Anakin, one for uh, Padme, and then one for Qui-Gon Jinn, and uh, I think Obi-Wan also had one in the series. He may have had one in the later series, too, but... So this is the one specifically for Qui-Gon Jinn. It was written by Jody Hauser, and then uh, Corey Smith did the drawings for it. Um, It came out in December of 2018, so it was definitely one of the earlier ones, and I think that's kind of why... I want to review this one first before we get into the other one, which is the weapon. Uh, yeah, so jump into it. Jump into it, John. I want to, I want to hear what your what your thoughts are on it.
1: Well, I mean, right off the bat, right? It, like so many Star Wars things, it starts right in the action, which is fun. Um, but the problem is that, quite frankly, the Jedi are way overpowered. And there was never in that in that initial confrontation where they are surrounded by dozens of guys wielding you know rifles laser rifles you know they're not in danger you, you know nothing's going to happen and that that really takes a lot of it out right he just jumps up into the the ship that's flying overhead and they get away
0: so just, just to summarize too the comic a little bit um basically uh obi-wan i mean i'm sorry uh quaggan jen is rescuing a princess of of a, a certain planet So somebody has invaded her planet uh, she calls them the, the Metal Clan, but it could be humans, it could be other people that just want to develop her planet. She's a more naturalistic princess. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn has come down to grab her and save her before uh, something catastrophic happens to this planet. And what he's done is he's been surrounded by these troops, and he radios into Obi-Wan and says, Hey, come pick us up. Obi-Wan flies in, You know, as Obi-Wan does, because he's an awesome pilot. He kind of flies in and to pick them up. And as John was just saying, they just kind of jump into the ship, and that's it.
1: Like, like 20, um, 30 feet up. And and the guys, again, who With are her, with the princess. Right, or, yeah, with, with her. And the yeah. guys who are standing not 10, 15 feet away, in a circle around him, they're unloading their weapons. And, of course, you know, he's deflecting it all with the lightsaber. And then when he gets into the ship, the laser bolts are just bouncing off. It's just there's no danger there.
0: So I... I- I took it a little different way, I, so so I think that I think that he's protecting her. I don't think that I think that if he wanted to, he could start whaling on the guys if he wanted. I mean, but of course but he's also got to make because sure because there's are they're
1: there, they're they're overpowered. They they can do anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: I, Look, okay, this is something that's kind <laughs> there's of there's gotta be a story. And there's, and gotta be goes, the,
0: there's gotta be a story there, John. No, then don't gotta,
1: surround him with a whole bunch of guys. If I mean, you mean don't put don't create a situation that. You then have to be superhuman to get out of because, well, that makes the guy superhuman, and, okay, I mean, I know the Jedi are supposed to have powers, okay? But here's the problem. You go all the way back to, um, and we're not talking about episode one, but you go back to The Phantom Menace, and everybody points out, right, that in that one moment, they they use super speed, it's Jedi super speed to run down the hallway, and they never, ever, ever, ever do it again. That would have come into handy a whole bunch of times, but you never see it again, and, and that's because... They needed to do that at that moment, and then we forget it happened. There is no no Jedi Bible. There needs to be a defined set of Jedi powers.
0: No, there doesn't need to be. This is is a good point of contention, I think, between us. So if you remember back in Master Apprentice, do you remember when Obi-Wan is falling down? I think it was Obi-Wan was falling down uh, the— In the pit? Yes, in the pit, and he jumps from branch to branch as the tree's falling— Sure. He jumps from branch to branch and does this little like kind of Mario Donkey Kong thing where he gets out, the, out of the. Because screw head. physics, exactly. But but that's 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 the Jedi. That that's that's the story. I mean that's.
1: See, once you can dispense with with basic physics like that, then okay, do anything. Just do do whatever. Right, blow the planet up with your mind. Who needs a Death Star?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay.
1: So 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 okay. Limiting principle: there must be okay. a limiting, a, a a defined set of Jedi powers.
0: Okay, I, I agree with you to a point.
1: They can my, vary. They can vary. Yeah, like, they're, this they're Jedi vary. Is, is, it, it better is better with nature. And this also, Jedi is better got, with visions.
0: The Force is going to help you do whatever you need to do to get out of a situation, right? That's a good summary. Believe in it, if you truly believe in it, that, oh it God. will help you out in whatever situation it is, right?
1: That, that That's a great summary, and that, that is exactly the problem with it. It will help you do whatever you need to do in that moment. Okay, okay. Let's continue so what, moving what, on. what danger is there? Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I I'm saying
0: I'm saying that at, at that exact moment, I think he I think he was more worried about the princess herself versus him.
1: No, um, he could have I, taken them all out. Yeah, of course he could. But my point is that the the they could have taken them all
0: but could he have taken them all out without her getting hurt? That's what That's what he's, he's got to balance. He's got he's to save her first before he worries about taking them out. Well, I, he I, could he, have
1: if the story called for it because that's I, just the way things work.
0: <laughs> I know. That's the way the Jedi work. But but that being said, he's still the 20 to 30 foot jump. Yes, I saw that on the panel and I was kind of like, okay. And also the ship that Obi-Wan's kind of commanding looks kind of odd and he just kind of jumps up to it. But anyways, that being said, we are five minutes into the podcast and only on the first panel. So let's keep moving. <laughs> To the next well, jump, jumping
1: forward, you were asking me how it ties into Master Apprentice, and it, it ties in wonderfully with uh, a big point in Master Apprentice, and that is visions. And, uh, you know what? I got just uh, as an offside, uh, I love that Qui Gon, uh, gets into a, a space car and basically says, Jesus, take the wheel, and just goes wherever <laughs> yeah, the force you know yeah. takes him. And, and it could and be anywhere part. he says i hope i don't end up in a in a black hole or something
0: yeah and the, and the yeah, and the best part is is he's like does not know any star, co- star coordinates he's just like feeling the force and saying force take me where you want to go so yeah. so so let, let's, let's 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 think back on this though too is the the amount of space that there is in space you, you're you're pretty much in my opinion if you just jut from x to y your probability of hitting a planet has got to be pretty small right oh sure space is vast it is huge so like it's it, it makes it sound like he's like oh hey Jesus take the wheel let, let me drive me wherever I need to go but in all honesty I think the the percentage of him actually running into a planet or something is probably like one percent unless I, I know, know but that. he
1: still did it he ended up, it it was it was what he had to do he had to be guided by the force so I understand that I'm not talking about how he he didn't run into anything so that's a problem no it's just it's hilarious to me that he he you know said Jesus take the wheel and just went wherever the force took him but that makes total sense in the in the universe there but he
0: happens to land on this perfectly yeah. pristine planet and and
1: and, of course, and of course you have echoes there uh back to the uh the cave on dagobah right where you you have this this encounter this vision now in in this turn um what does that vision mean for you
0: yeah that's that's a great question because i uh you know, so, so to explain the vision, basically what happens is, is that uh, Qui-Gon Jinn lands on this planet that he feels that he's been summoned to by the Force. Uh, it's a beautiful, lush planet. It's charted, I think is what they say, but not a planet that people know or has been named. He lands on the planet, and he sees this lush, beautiful, light-filled world, and then he knows that inherently, and this is a, a problem I kind of got a little bit, but he inherently knows that... That there is also got to be a balance to the Force, and he finds this, uh, what, you know, it, it's alluded that it's like a Sith temple, or a, a temple that's dark, I guess. Is that that's I'm alluded to? to? Did you, did I didn't did get that like- at all.
1: I got that, that's the same, you know, dark side tree, like in, or the dark side cave. This is like a dark side tree, it just, it has the dark side in it. I didn't get any sort of, this was Sith was I supposed to get that?
0: Okay, okay, no no, and, and that, that's yeah, it, no, you hit the nail on the head. It's a dark place that has dark energy but it's not necessarily Sith. I, I didn't want right. to, that I didn't want to sound like it was like some Sith training ground or something like that. It's not. It's just like this dark temple. Basically Okay, goes, so here's
1: a question. Yeah. If we're talking about the balance, right? Why do they always seem a little surprised to find something that is uh, manifest with dark the dark side because shouldn't that be like everywhere if it's truly balanced out? Shouldn't John there be a whole should, bunch of light stuff and a whole John bunch of dark be stuff?
0: Fifty percent of the stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. I completely I, I agree with you, and I think that's one of the things with it. Qui Gon Jinn, though, he accepts. I don't think he's surprised by it. I think we may be surprised by his readers because no one else in the canon touches on it. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not like we don't see fifty percent of the dark stuff because you know with the main Skywalker saga and that kind of stuff, we see that everything's like awesome, and then there's these two you know master and apprentice that you know start to try to change everything. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I sure. think it's I think I think it's more our perspective. Maybe not. It's more our perspective as consumers of the new canon versus it actually being like that in the world, you know, that they've created. Does that make sense? It's kind of weird sure. to say, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyways, so he finds this dark temple. He goes in the dark temple and he has a vision. He, well, I take the back. He sits on a what looks like a thornish throne of some sort, and he begins to meditate as uh, Qui Gon always does. And he uh, finds a vision that... It's like uh, living roots, almost. I mean, is that the best way to yeah. describe it? Yeah, it's like like Again, surrounding him, you know. Yeah, humanoid root figures start to surround him. He feels the need to defend himself. He also looks a kind of weird way because he's, you know, in this darkened temple. And he starts to slay these uh, root figures or root humanoid type things. The roots, after he slays everything, the roots start to wither away and it's Jedi that are underneath the roots. So... What was your what was your initial impact of that? What was your initial? I didn't.
1: Okay, I didn't. Those were Jedi. I missed that entirely. I thought it was. Oh
0: yeah, um, I think I think you could tell by their clothes that they were supposed to be Jedi. Okay, and then he turns and then he turns into
1: a monster. Basically, he turns into the. Well, I don't. They consume
0: the root yeah the, the roots consume him and then yeah. as soon as they start to consume him enough to where he's about to die he wakes up out of the meditation
1: it, it's basically the same thing like with the with the the dark cave on dagobah yeah right agreed, agreed. and and yeah. no you say he felt compelled to defend himself fear. that's that's not how i read that panel i he attacked right and that oh, was the lesson to me that was the okay. lesson to me was he did not take a moment to try to understand he just attacked right
0: okay, okay yeah uh,
1: yeah they, they weren't if you look at the panel look at it again they're not they're, attacking him they're surrounding him they're standing they're, they're, a, they're, yes okay they're, so they're, they're, menacing. Surrounding him. they're menacing they're menacing they're right? menacing
0: yeah but to be fair if you're one person with you know eight root humanoid structures starting to surround you you're gonna you're gonna defend I, yourself
1: I think the point of the vision was that his mistake was attacking right didn't okay. like Yoda say something about that you don't use I don't know maybe it was Obi-Wan you don't use this for attack it's defense whatever or maybe this yeah, is a yeah. kid I don't know I'm getting all confused <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> wax on, wax off. All right, so um, that, that's interesting because I took it as they were attacking him. Like, like the, when I read I, a couple right. of panels, I was just like, I was just like, okay, these things are about to kill him. He's got to defend himself.
1: That was my first read, and I made a point to go back and really look at that panel. And they are not attacking him. And and that are, are, artist are, are can like, show that if that artist wanted that to be the case.
0: Are they passing like a tea kettle? I mean, are they like, you know, inviting him into the house? <laughs> no, they're just dinner? standing I mean, like
1: they're just standing around. I'm like, urgh you know, but but they're not doing anything. They're just standing there.
0: What if they're like tapping their feet or something? They're about to do like this, like big break dance or something yeah, like that. Yeah, big musical he, number. That's and, that's and what he ruined do. it all. He ruined it all by <laughs> lashing out with his lightsaber. Come on, Qui Gon.
1: That was our um, only tenor.
0: Yeah, <laughs> not Brian. Um. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, yeah. Okay, okay. I took it as he was defending himself. So so there's definitely that's something that if you're reading this comic, if you're listening to the podcast, please go back and. Uh, feel free to give us your opinion a on our Discord panel. service. Yes, it is a key a, panel. And, that's that's a key and, panel. I, and I hate it because I, I remember the panel, but I also I need to go back and look at it to where I need to see if the the, the quartet is really just kind of hanging out with him and then suddenly he starts attacking them uh, quite, beyond Qui-Gon's nature. But anyways, regardless, um, he attacks these things, and then he the roots wither away, and you see what, to me, plainly were Jedi. I, I'm kind of amazed that you didn't pick up that they were Jedi. You just thought there were other humanoid people that were there?
1: Yeah, just just victims, just just dead people.
0: Okay, okay. See, I, I thought that they were supposed to be Jedi immediately because because if you look at the like, kind of the clothes they're wearing, I, I feel like it was Jedi, and uh, and I couldn't tell if he was, if if the vision was meant to say that he was the one that was going to cleanse the Jedi, or that maybe he had the right idea. In um, okay. So so let's let's also explain the end of the comic. So basically, after this whole vision, he flies home and he's just like, yeah, I'm good now. I, I did my little two two or three day vacation and we're back home. And him and Yoda are sitting there chatting and he says to Yoda that uh, he feels that the Jedi, and this is definitely in line with Master and Apprentice, he feels that the Jedi are uh, too rigid and that they need to bend a little bit, and that they need to not hold the Jedi codes as strong as they um, currently have. And I wish I had the panel up and I may bring it up real quick just to read it. But basically he just says uh, they need to bend more with the wind. And that they need to to be able to um, adapt better, I guess, is the best way to say. Is, is that what you got out of that panel? That well, he makes he,
1: he makes I think a very good point and that is that nobody understands the Jedi. What, what what exactly are they supposed to be doing? And I certainly echo that sentiment because I don't get it. What uh, you know, they they talk, they talk about how they're being used as a uh, a force, as a secret police kind of well, not secret police, but as as a force to for the government. Um and soldiers and and all that and that that's not their purpose. Now I I know what Qui Gon would say and that is that they need to focus on the Force and meditate and have visions and stuff. But but really it does get to the heart of what what is the purpose of the Jedi?
0: Agreed. And and that's and that's that's something that I think Master Apprentice did a very good job of bringing about. It's like uh, if you're going to support an organization like Zerka or something like that uh, with. Uh, with your skill set uh how how can you even if you know that you're doing something morally wrong how do you continue to go about doing it and and I think they, that's they, right and, and Qui-Gon Jinn is the one Jedi that's figured that out Obi-Wan's a little too young I think to to understand it as much as Qui-Gon does and honestly I think the biggest thing for me in that whole master and apprentice in this comic series and this uh stuff we're reading today is still that Yoda is lost I mean he's like he's yeah. not getting it Right. And and when you when you watch the original movies and the Skywalker Saga and stuff, you're like, Yoda's this this wise wizened person, but he, he's not seeing it at all. And he No. And,
1: and and it I mean it it's necessary, right? Once you align yourself with the government and you you subject yourself to doing their bidding, and Master and Prince does do a great job of pointing this out, you're gonna do their bidding. Or you're expected yeah. to do their bidding whether to keep the system intact. Yeah, whether they, what they want is in line with the what the Force wants or not. So again, yeah. what is the point of the Jedi? Shouldn't they, and this gets to me, why are they even on Coruscant? Shouldn't they go find a, you know, a monastery planet or something way out there? And that's where they are. But see, that would remove them from being an active uh, participant in galactic politics. Yep. But I would argue that's really what they sh- should do. They shouldn't be in galactic politics.
0: Yeah, agreed. And, and, and I think, um, you know, and just knowing what I know from the movies coming forward and what we see, you know, with the with the Phantom Menace and the first trilogy, um, the first chronological trilogy, we see that they become almost military commander-esque. And that's that's going to be interesting discussions I think we're going to have whenever we get there is, is why are they doing that? Like, are, are, they were never meant to do that. You know what I mean?
1: And all of that works, I think. It does help build up to uh, what we see in the uh, the prequel trilogy about they've they've really lost their way and they fall.
0: Agreed, agreed, and, and uh, let me read you this last page uh, of the comic, and I, I don't mean to completely ruin the story, but I think it's a really, really good page. Um, after the after Qui Gon Jinn has come back from his vision, etc., he comes back, he lands back on Coruscant, he has a meeting with Yoda, and Yoda says, "Answers did you find?" And he says, "I did." And as often with the Force, more questions, and then Yoda says, "Hmm, good questions are. We must ask them. Certain certainty in our understanding to arrogance, and this is this is the best." Uh, kind of most showing part that I think that shows Yoda just isn't getting it. Um, Certainty in our understanding to arrogance leads to the dark side. And then uh, Qui-Gon responds with, and yet becoming too rigid is also a risk. The tree that bends will, will snap with the wind. And then Yoda just battles right back with him. He's like, ever present the dark side, isn't always a threat. Bend to it, we must not. And I think at that point, and, and, and again, just like in Master and Apprentice, whenever... Qui Gon's kind of offered the job of being on the Jedi Council. I think he sees that I can do a better job of educating Jedi with the ways of what I feel like the Jedi should be versus the ways of what the Jedi Council should be. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's kind of a a great a great lead in from or a, a great post master and apprentice thought as we see that Qui Gon really was, in my opinion. He had it right. I mean, he he, and and maybe we're going to see things later on, you know, outside of Phantom Menace or maybe look back or something like that where he was wrong. But I really feel like he had the right idea about what the Jedi should be the entire time. It's just that he could not get anybody to agree with him.
1: And that was recently uh, the tragedy of his death was recently highlighted. I think that was was it yesterday when uh, Star Wars said that only Qui-Gon could have stopped Palpatine.
0: Yeah, I agree with that totally. Yeah, and that was what was that I forget where who said that or what somebody said that. I think it was it Lucas came out of like, it was like official. Story. It yeah. was
1: Yeah, it was from the official um Star Wars Twitter account or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I I completely agree with that. And the more I read or at least the more we've started off in this project, I the more I agree with that. He's an underrated Jedi. Give him some love. Uh, He he really
1: no, he really is. Um and if you want to transition at this point to uh, Mace Windu, uh, who I think yeah, a lot of people, that, a lot of people think he's under underrated. My take on him has always been, uh, w- what is the deal with this guy? W- why, other than he was played by Samuel Jackson, why is he yeah, supposed let, let, to be special? Yeah, t-
0: agreed. Take out the actor and let's look at the character itself. Because I've never been impressed by Mace Windu personally. I like Samuel Jackson. I love Samuel Jackson. I think he did a great job as this character. But I've never actually been impressed with Mace Windu in any Star Wars canon that I've read.
1: Yeah. Far more impressed with Qui-Gon. Yeah, so totally. if you want to, totally. you want to set up the weapon.
0: Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I agree. Let, let's start talking about the weapon. Uh, th- so again, uh, as I described earlier in the podcast, the weapon is a really short nine to 10 page story that appeared in the age of Republic special, which is kind of like a, um, a, an annual, if you're in a comics, uh, an annual, uh, issue. Uh, it was written by Ethan Sachs and the drawings were done by Paolo Villanelli, I think. And, um, Mace is really the only character that you would know up until the very, very end of the story. Um, so basically, just to kind of set up really quick uh, summary of the story, uh, Mace is captured by uh, a warlord or his underlings and is on a planet that the Jedi know about, but they don't know exactly where Mace is. Mace gets captured. They break up his lightsaber, put it in a box, go over to his um, uh, this warlord-type guy, deliver Mace to him, uh of course it's a very return of the jedi-esque setting in which you don't see how mace is going to get out of this the warlord definitely doesn't see how mace is going to get out of this uh he starts boasting about his accounts and his what he's profited you know all this other stuff and then suddenly um you know mace turns the table by building his lightsaber uh telekinetically almost and then uh you know kicking the guys butt and with the help of other Jedi that come in at the very end of the story. They free a bunch of prisoners and um, – Kids.
1: They free kids. Yeah, they right? free kids. But A lot, I, lot of kids. And there are other people too, but it's the kids that they're they're, they're making a point. All
0: right. So so, so here's the deal with my, my, my thing with annuals and small, sh- uh, shorter stories like this. A comic book generally, and I'm saying a general 20 to 30-page comic book, takes a lot of time to draw. It takes a lot of time to write, to get every panel right because you only have so many panels. It's a very hard thing to do. When you condense a story down to nine to ten pages, it's almost impossible to convey a message to me. It just—the only message that I got out of this comic was, "Hey, I'm Ace Window and I'm a badass."
1: Okay. Uh, well, okay. Yeah. So,
0: sounds like you got some more out of it, and I'm eager to. hear. Well, no, I'm
1: I, I, I'm just I'm I'm champing at the bit to to talk about my two problems with this.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. This start story. off. Go. Go for Go for it. Go for it.
1: Okay. So just like with um, um, the balance, Qui Gon. There's nothing they can't do, okay? So they 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 captured the guy, uh, and they they smashed his lightsaber all up, no problem, right? While the guy's over there monologuing, that's the other problem I have: is the guy just monologues instead of just killing him? He does, he,
0: he really yeah. does, yeah.
1: I mean, it's classic, you know, monologuing. Uh, so while he's doing uh, that, bed, while yeah. he's doing that, um, I'm I'm repairing my lightsaber, which is a very delicate mechanism, right? We've been taught that through uh, all of the um, movies that it's a big deal to construct a lightsaber. Oh. That, that yeah, was but one but of the wait. challenges.
0: But wait, wait, wait. Just just to, just to say, so our knowledge of, of Star Wars at this point in our project is that we know all the movies. All the movies. And, and we know Master and Apprentice. Right. And Master and Apprentice, somebody took Obi-Wan's lightsaber and replaced the Kyber crystal with colon.
1: That's a good point. Super That's a good point. Quick. But this Super was quick. a, and this was a broken, broken lightsaber, okay? And Agreed. He, oh, great. Yeah, it shows so it's him broken, in one of the panels. Broken. It shows him, like, through the Force... You know, just thinking about it over there in the box, it's going clink, 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 and it's putting itself back together. Yep. Okay, and then he gets the lightsaber and slaughters everybody because that's what you do when you are a Jedi.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: That, so that's my part. the 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 classic story of a uh, trope of uh, monologuing while while the good guy gets to yep. effect his plan, and then the agreed. fact that again, there is nothing the Jedi cannot do; they are super beings. They with powers like that, I think that everybody who's not a Jedi would eventually fear the Jedi and seek to destroy them. Ooh, interesting. But we don't see that. I
0: wonder, I wonder if that happens. Uh, so, so, all right, so so let's go let's, let's let's go back to again my argument. There's like ten pages to write a story. What can you convey in ten pages? I, I don't think there's any way that any story that is involved in like a summary issue or an annual issue of comics can add to a canon honestly like I, you, there's just not enough pages there there's not enough panels to tell a story that adds anything to a character i I, 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 I get
1: your point i get your point but i did actually i was uh, i'm grateful for your explanation because i actually read this one first and so when i finished it i thought okay is that what these comic books are that was really short and very very narrowly defined um, and and that's it. It it, it just makes uh, this okay, you know you we tried to save our, we can't save everybody because uh, some people can make bad choices, which true that that's a good point I think. um But then I got really focused on the fact that there's nothing the jedi cannot do.
0: Yeah, and no, and and I understand what your argument was at the very beginning of the podcast too about how uh, you felt they were almost so powerful that it makes it a, a mute part of the story because they are so powerful. But yeah, and and. And I I do hope you're understanding that this is something that's like comes out like once every year or something like that, like an annual or a summary issue. It's it's very rare that you have only a ten pages to write a story, uh, in a comic book. That being said, though, this one didn't really do it for me. Like I, I, it just didn't.
1: Nah, not really.
0: We we know that Mace is more of maybe a badass than we thought he was, but he was He's always kind to, of a badass yeah. presented in the movies too. So yes. it's like not.
1: This is trying to play to that. Yeah. The, look what a badass. This yeah, he's fodder.
0: He's fodder. Yeah, yeah. It was just, kind of, I don't know. It, it, by far of all the media that we've consumed thus far, I would say that this one's probably the worst, in my opinion. Um, that being said, again, I think the writer only had 10 pages to do something, and I don't think he could do it very well. I think that as an artist, uh, the Warlord guy looks very in Freeze Nest, Rogue One ish. Um, uh, I'm sorry, solo uh, movie type uh, villain, and I like that. I like that. Yeah, that's guy's exactly
1: exactly what what i thought of was the the solo of whatever that character was
0: yeah Envy's Nest. And, I, and i think too that maybe that character was drawn off of the well i take that back because the solo would have came out before this this came out in uh 2019 in january so yeah so definitely a solo came before this um and, and i think that that character looked pretty neat and maybe we get to see that character somewhere else down the line or somewhere you know i, I don't know but that being said i what a big fan of the story
1: the guy sits on a literal throne of skulls.
0: Yeah, it was kind of. It was kind of. Yeah.
1: Okay, so so let's let's try to make something out of this. If you jump to the end where the kid shoots the guy, the kid yep. kills him. Yep. Was he had gotten the better of uh, Mace Hatney? He? he knocked him down.
0: Wait, wait, wait. You were just arguing at the beginning of this podcast that no one ever gets the better of the Jedi because they have this weird thing that they can do where they can. Make no, no, no. They can temporarily
1: bend. get the better of a guy, but he's going to pull some Jedi power out of nowhere and win the right. day. But do you think that if the kid had not shot uh, Mr. Big Bad Guy, uh, would he have. Was he about to win or was it. No. Nah. It, was, it was inevitable.
0: No, nah, it was inevitable. I, I think that the, the kid shooting it was supposed to show. It was that last emotional mark before Mace faithfully tells i think it's yoda that, that chimes in at the very end uh via radio frequency or something Where uh, via projection sorry that um did we save them all and may says well there was this one rebel that was fighting me literally about to kill me earlier but i want to save that person and yoda's like we can't we can't get involved in local laws again yoda screwing things up yeah you know i'm you know it, again yeah his rigid stance on the jedi Messing everything up, but anyways, race Mace. Race Mace is like, yeah, well, we didn't win everybody then, or something like. I forget what the last panel was, but it was something to the nature of like we didn't save everyone because we couldn't save this person
1: who was right. That was that was the, the thrust guy. at the end was yeah, well, we didn't save yeah. everyone. So, yeah, so was, what we're getting here is um, uh, Mace Windu is a supposed badass, but you and I are not impressed. And Yoda is a real jerk.
0: Yeah, Yoda's not getting it. Yoda's Yoda's not. Uh, he's he's not up to snuff. Like he's just not there. I don't know. He's just not, yeah, at this point. And, and I'm eager to watch The uh, Phantom Menace just to see, yeah, where the rest of the world is when Yoda's just, just not getting things. So, Thanks for joining us today on the second 11 Part 6 podcast. Uh, next week we'll be discussing more comics. we are actually got the Dark Maul arc, which is going to be really cool because I think that's going to be the first time we're going to see six contiguous comics that we're going to review in one podcast. And then also the Age of Republic Dark Maul special. So uh, if you've enjoyed this, definitely check out our Discord server on the links on our web page. And uh, until next time, stay safe.
1: This is the 11 Parsecs Podcast, episode number two. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a good review. And be sure to check us out at 11parsecs.com and on Discord. I'm Jonathan Smith with The Living Weapon, Eric Thompson. Thank you for joining us.